Welcome back to the Aviation RC New Podcast. You found us. My name is Joe. And I'm Matt. We're here to be with you along your journey and to share our experiences in RC Aviation. If you have any questions, thoughts, or want to share a flight story, hit us up at aviationrcnoob at gmail.com. Now, buckle in. Let's take off. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 19, a whole year. Matthew, we've been doing this for a year now, like right on, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah. It's been awesome. It it has been a journey for sure. Um, So this episode, we're wanting to talk about basically what the last year has been for us in the hobby and as a podcast. Um, Mm -hmm. And just kind of briefly where we want to go from here. So before we get into all that, I don't have any flight stories, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, you've been last busy two weeks. with your house, right? A little bit. Okay, like that's been part of what's been distracting you. A little bit. Um, it's it's just been busy the last two weeks. So, yeah, yeah I don't have, I don't really have anything flown or built. Um, the I could have gone flying, um, but the first, so two Saturdays ago, uh, so this a, we're recording on a Monday night, but two Saturdays ago, uh, I could have gone flying, but it was mm-hmm. too windy. Because that was actually going to be the weekend, I think, that I went up to your place. Right. Yep. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it was crazy being... windy that afternoon. I'm glad. I'm glad. Like, I'm not glad we didn't get together. But at the same point, it would have been a complete wash with regards to airplanes and flying and fun that way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I could have gone out on my own and flown. And it just ended up being too windy. And I said, ah, I mean, I've got the old fogey and it'll get picked up and carried. So I didn't end up going. Um, and Come then on, this then past, you fly, sorry, you fly it like a sloper at that point. <laughs> it, I have flown it in high winds. Um, and it's a challenge, isn't it? Well, it'll fly fine. Once you get up there, just it'll fly away from you really fast and really fine. And you'll spend forever trying to get it back. <laughs> um, so that, <laughs> I yeah, just, that's true. no, uh, and then this past Saturday, the uh, the weather was just, it, it was raining, it was nasty, so nah, I didn't get out. But what about you? Okay, uh, yeah, I, so I did a, a number of kind of different things. I think I talked about putting together the 250-gram Outlaw, which is, yeah. uh, it, it was uh, kind of roughed out by a different gentleman on YouTube, and I, I looked at it and I said, yeah, I think we could do that. And I said I had a stabilization unit in there, and I couldn't figure out how to get that working. But I really did want to see, like, how this plane flies. So I took it out, and I put it with a really heavy battery. So I I put a 1,500 milliamp battery, where to be 250 grams, I needed the 550-gram 3-cell. So I kept a 3-cell, but I, like, tripled the battery weight. And I, I took that, and I flew it. Uh, I there was a bunch of people at the field and it, it was honestly a very end of the day. And I was really surprised because usually when I go, it's, you know, 30 minutes before dusk and the, everybody's already packed up and they're just kind of like, as I'm rolling in, they're like, Oh, well, good to see you. Good luck flying, you know? <laughs> uh, uh, but this time, you know, everybody was still there. They're all kind of just shooting the breeze and enjoying being out at the field. Cause it was a really nice day. 
and so I I put it in the air and I you know got it going and I I I flew it around and I'll tell you what um, on three cell uh, I had plenty of lift uh, it's uh, I think it's a full width of foam board so it's thirty inches and I think the cord is six and two thirds of an inch um, and I think the overall length is like eighteen inches. Okay. Um, so it's like 18 by 30 inches roughly for the size. And it, it weighs 250 grams when it's got the right battery. And I flew it really, like really heavy. Uh, I'm trying to remember, I think it was 325 or, uh, almost four or 350 grams, so almost like an extra hundred grams, which for that's, you know, 50% extra weight. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it flew, it flew awesome. Like it flew great. Uh, oh, the only thing I think would be the detriment to having a heavy battery is when you hit the elevator hard and it starts doing a loop and you're getting high G's, that battery puts a lot of strain on the wing. And the way mm -hmm. the wing was designed was that to save as much weight as you can, you kind of cut out that middle section of the second layer of the KFM wing. Okay. So instead of having a continuous strip as the upper layer, you have a strip on the right and a strip on the left and a fuselage in the middle. But the only thing that's in the fuselage is a single layer of foam board. And that is doing the work of resisting the loading on the wing or as far as oh, bending. Okay. So bending you're the not, wing. the wing is not two layers going across top of the fuselage. No, it's just okay. one with two, two layers on each wing. Okay. So for the, I got for the you step. now. And, and again, I didn't do any shaping to the wing or anything. I just, it's like a brick, like granted a very slim brick, but it's like a brick going through the air. There's, <laughs> there's no real aerodynamics to it or anything. And I've literally got a chunk of battery stuck on the bottom of this thing. So, I mean, uh, but it flew great. Uh, people are like, man, that thing moves uh, and it goes pretty fast and it's very maneuverable. Um, I think the hardest part about it is that when it's going away from you, it's literally a line. And that's pretty much all you can see. Oh, yeah, because uh, you've got yeah. no, no height to that wing. Right. There's no profile at all. So or there's no, right, there's no depth to it. So it, it's kind of hard, hard to see. Uh, and <laughs> I didn't do anything as far as markings or anything. I was like, I just got to go see how this flies. Uh, and then I went back. When I flew that battery, it uh, did pretty good. Um, and I did notice that there were slight creases at the fuselage. So actually, when it was flying, it was slightly dihedral, which ended up being pretty helpful and, and pretty good but that also okay. meant that the wing was weak so if i started doing some aggressive loops i knew i was i could potentially have a complete failure or at least a partial failure and it would have been interesting to bring back so what do i do i say i've got a 2200 milliamp battery which is even heavier let's slap that <laughs> puppy on and see how that flies and of course so it's every turn is even even worse like if i'm making right. a, a high g turn that weights even more, and the effect on the already weakened wing is going to be pretty bad. So there was a spot where I kept doing, um, the elevator was going up and down. I think uh, I was trying to re reset up the CG. I didn't, basically, I didn't adjust for putting in the new weight. I think I, I checked the balance roughly. I don't have a CG mark on it or anything, so I didn't have anything exact. So right. I just like, ah, eh, that's about right. And then I, I chucked it in the air, and it, and it flew. But to get the fine trim right, I was kind of adjusting the elevator and kind of moving it back and forth until it got enough height. And so it's fluttering up and down like a butterfly almost with the wings. 
<laughs> as I'm going from go down, go up, go down, go up, go down, you know, with the elevator. So, right. you know, <laughs> but, I'm but a leaf I flew, on the wind. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I flew it around. I had a good time and it was, uh, uh, it survived the experience. Um, but it was starting to show some fatigue uh, in the fuselage where the battery was attached to, uh, I think I had actually kind of partially ripped one of the pieces. The fuselage was not glued on. It was literally just sort of slid on from the front. And because of some of the actions, it had kind of bent the bottom, one bottom of the fuselage. And it was kind of a little, ended up being a little loose. Uh, there was FPV on it, but the FPV recording footage um, was corrupted, which really stinks. Um, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but I flew it line of sight and anyway, had a great time. So I'm looking forward to either rebuilding another one because that was three quarters of a sheet of foam board and it was so quick and easy to do. So uh, I'll be, I'll be the rebuilding that maybe in the next, uh, in the build challenge coming up here. Or I'll just rebuild it because it's so quick and easy. Um, Wait, and so then make a couple you, of improvements. Did you crash it, or you're just there's enough well, structural weakness that there was enough structural weakness. Yeah, there's enough structural weakness that when the battery, because that's hanging on the bottom of the pod, that hit right. the grass and just yoinked the fuselage around and basically cracked oh, okay. off the bottom half um, of the fuse. So you know, eh, whatever. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. It's a small piece of foam that I can just roll back up and put on another one, really. Mm -hmm. um, so that should be easy to do. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So I did that. Uh, I also was kind of playing around with my Tina Whoop. Uh, I flew it around the backyard a little bit, and I flew it out at the field one night. Um, and so I decided I'm going to fly it in the goggles, which is good. Um, and I was using the quantum goggles. And I just said, you know, I'm going to fly out as far as is reasonable. And when it starts getting sketchy, I'm going to like kind of pitch it up and maybe get a little bit more altitude so that maybe the, the signal strengthens. And so I went all the way down the road, which is pretty much to the one tree line. I think that's also, again, like a quarter of a mile or so, maybe. Okay. Uh, and then it started to lose signal and I popped it up and I turned it as best I could. I kept getting intermittent signal and black screen and then fuzz and then black screen. And then, and then I was like, I don't know what the heck's going on. So I just cut the motor cause I knew it was near the road. At least I can go find it there. And sure mm -hmm. enough, I was able to get out there and I was like kind of gunning the motors a little bit to kind of hear it. So I knew where to roughly look and I recovered it pretty quickly. Um, and then I think one, one last thing, before I just talk about the quick, quickly about the builds that I've been working on, uh, I did take the goblin out one night when it was right before dusk. I was like, I just want to do this really quick. My mother was here. She's kind of watching the kids. So I'm like, let me, let me go do this. Uh, and as I do it, I, I don't know. It was just one of those nights where I should have packed it up the first toss and just went home. <laughs> Had those days. Yep. I think we all have. <laughs> so I tossed <laughs> no it and it. I might as well have been just literally throwing it into the dirt oh, about man. like 10 feet in front of me. I'm like, that's not right. Like all the surface, I double checked all the surfaces are working right. The balance was in the right spot. The, the video, I saw the video. I mean, I could, everything was good. 
like, shoot. So I, I pick it up, I double check everything again, and I throw it again. And again, I'm doing this. I already have the goggles on because it's the goblin. Like, it flies great. Yeah. There shouldn't be any problems. I was wrong. So it tanked once again into the ground, uh, just as hard as the first one, just a little bit further <laughs> out. I was like, oh, oh no. So I, and then uh, that had also skid along the ground and broke the prop. Nice. Right. So I'm thinking, what should I do now? But grab another prop, uh, <laughs> not the original one, there's but grab wrong. a different one and put on one of those five-bladed uh, propellers. Oh, and because they're only going the one direction and not the other, they're a reverse prop. Uh, I'll just switch the wires. It'll be totally fine. I throw it in the air, and it does fly around a little bit. Um, and then the engine completely cuts out. I'm like, oh, what the heck is that? So I don't have any real control, but I do bring it to the ground. Meanwhile, it's getting dusk. Like, the sun is already at the horizon, if not a little bit below it. The, the sky's starting to darken. I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. So I go get it, and I realize, I'm like, oh, the, the motor wires just pulled out. They literally disconnected. That's why the motor stopped. I'm like, okay, cool. So the propeller's good. The motor's good. The connection, the ESC is good. Pause, pause that for a second. <laughs> and I don't know if this is relevant, but it seems to me if a wire's pulling loose, there's a problem. Like, it... Like the wires under pressure. So is that is that well, where this is going, or am I completely off base here? I don't I don't know. It's a pusher prop, so it's only pushing the motor into the craft. No, okay, yeah, right. So I mean, like I'm thinking, like okay, well, it, it may be, uh, maybe I caught the ESC on a piece of foam as I was pushing it in, and rather than it kind of rotated the ESC and thereby pulling the wires away from the motor, maybe I don't know. Like, I'll just plug it back in. Everything will be fine. So I take it and I throw it and I fly it for like, I don't know, five seconds. And I bring it down, like just off field down a little ways, but still pretty close. And I realized like something's not right. Like that first time I had flown it with the new propeller, it flew around, but it was doing some weird tendencies, which is weird for the goblin because it generally flies pretty straight and true. So I had to trim right. a bunch more than I expected, and it really just wasn't flying right. And then it just started doing weird stuff. I say, like, ah, crud. And again, the motor went, so that didn't help. But I plugged it back in. I flew it. I threw it again, and it was also doing weird tendencies. So I said, you know what? I'm cutting the motor. I'm going to bring it. Let it let it just come down, and we'll be fine. Um, so I I do just that. Then I'm packing everything up, and. I'm going into my car and putting everything away. Everything's away. And I go to grab my phone. Wait, where's my phone? What do you, wait, where is your phone? Where's my phone? Checking <laughs> all the 16 billion pockets. I'm like, no, I put it in the breast pocket up top on the outside, which is sort of shallow. And it's also stuffed full of COVID-19 masks, which makes it even more shallow. So apparently, one of the times I grabbed the plane, it dumped out. One of the times was pretty far into the field, not, not terribly much, but far enough where it might be hard to find again. And another one was pretty near the edge, but it was down a little ways. I figured mm -hmm. if I just go back and forth, I should be able to find it if, it if it's over there. So I do that and I'm looking, you know, I'm like, meanwhile, the sun is down 
And, you know, there's a you know guy who came out because I had a flashlight. He's like, are you okay, man? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Just looking for part. Looking for my phone. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, ah, sorry, man. And I'm like, yeah, see you later. So he takes off. Could, and he's again. Should have asked him to call it. I know. Well, that's hindsight. Yeah, I should have. <laughs> and I, I, pro, I promise you, for the next 45 minutes after, then I realize I'm like, okay, I'm not finding it. And the whole time I'm looking. I'm calling out like, okay, Google, where's home or something? Like, hopefully it'll <laughs> respond. You know, I'm like, how am I going to get this? Like, and then I thought, oh no. And I, I thought, well, I don't know. Well, well, let's see. You know what? I know I'll go home. I'll, I'll drop everything off. I'll get my work phone and I'll call it while I'm out in the field. It'll be great. I'll yeah. find it right away. And it'll be awesome. So I get out there. I got the new, you know, go back, get the thing, come back. Uh, I've got my work phone. I'm calling my personal cell phone on my work phone, which is fine. And, and it goes right to voicemail. Oh no. Yeah. You know why? Cause I barely have reception that field on a good day. When the phone <laughs> is dropped into the dirt, it definitely has no reception <laughs> is what I found out. So needless to say, I take the next 45 minutes going back and forth in the dark with two flashlights. I have one flashlight that has like this yellow cob, that I put in my car, like on the hood, it just kind of magnets on there and it just illuminates yeah. everything. I've got this other flashlight that's literally losing battery as I'm using it. Like, ah, <laughs> uh. then I end up using the cell phone for the other battery. I've got two of them in each hand, like two headlights pointed down. And I'm literally just trekking back and forth and back and forth for 45 minutes through the very damp, what, what is that? I, I get playing with grass, thankfully. Because if it was planted with, with uh, tobacco, I would have been lost. There would have been no way. Yeah. No way. Uh, so I traipsed back and forth for 45 minutes. Feet are soaked. Shoes, socks, bottom of the whole pants, just everything is just miserably soaked. It's cold. <laughs> and, but I go out to, I'm about to give up. And I'm like, you know what? This was where it kind of went deep. Let me just kind of go back and forth over this and just go at least to the hilltop. You know, it's not, it's a part, part, part of the way in there. And sure enough, after about five minutes of that, I find the phone just sitting there, you know, face up, everything's cool. It's 95% charge. I would have been there for a while. Yeah. And this is like the next day, my mother was catching a flight to Connecticut to go back home. She's got a bunch of uh, things to take care of when she gets home. So I'm sitting there going like, oh, geez, if I have to come out tomorrow, like I got to come out at the butt crack of dawn. And I only have so much time I can spend. I'm like, oh, this is going to be worse. I'm like, I need to go look for this. So <laughs> I've never had to look for a phone in a farmland. But I did. It's like a needle in a haystack at night in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Both ways uphill. Um, <laughs> so, Jeez. but I did find it. And that, uh, I'll tell you what, it's it just one of those things. I'm like, I should have just, when the prop broke, went home. I should have just went yeah. home. Jeez, man. And I'm glad you got your phone back. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's the thing is, this is a replacement phone I, I, I'd gotten like two or three weeks earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so oh, what, I can't do this. So what ended up being the issue with the Goblin, or have you not determined that? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I've tested the motor. It seems to respond properly. I looked at the surfaces. They all seem to be where they're supposed to be. All I can think of is maybe one of the wires. Um, 
I guess maybe in moving it from, you know, hanger and the one thing to the car, to the bag, to the thing, to the field, maybe one of the wires got a little bit more bent than it seems. Well, the control wires or push yeah. rods? Yeah. Okay. That's all I can think of is maybe it's that, but uh, really, uh, oh, and that's the other thing is uh, the, the core, there's like a, it's like a tube or a, a C-channel box that broke a couple times already from the first handful of flights. So I'm either going to have to glue that up. That that kind of came loose. And so I'm either going to have to glue that up or I'm going to have to rebuild the Goblin. And I'm not sure which to do. I'm thinking probably just rebuild the Goblin. As much as I love Toucan Sam, because he makes me happy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, maybe I'll, I'll have to do it again. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, getting back to a... Uh, presentable appearance, and then hang him from your from your ceiling because he's still mm-hmm. pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Toucan Sam's a lot of fun to see. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'll, I'll probably, knowing me, I'll be stupid enough to put it back together and see if it flies <laughs> uh, until it doesn't, and then I will just I'll, I'll have to rebuild a new one. But uh, that shouldn't be a huge deal. Um, the Edward RC. Uh, foam board cutter has been somewhat successful. Um, okay. And so that's good. So I'm, I'm at the point where once I learn how to transfer PDF files and make them cut files, I'll be able to take any plane that isn't already turned into a cut file into something uh, pretty quick without nice. any effort on my part, which would be nice. Okay. Uh, and then I guess that kind of brings us up to this coming month is Buildwary which is the uh, build challenge I host in the FT forums, the flight test forums. And that's, that's forums.flighttest.com. Um, and you just look up build Drewary. It's the weirdest name, um, but it's four weeks long. So build four planes in four weeks. Good luck. Um, I designed uh, from some goading of some of our favorite people on our forums, um, on our Discord, uh, Discord forum. Uh, they kept saying you're gonna build a car right like a flying car or something and so i thought about it and i said you know what that wouldn't be a bad idea let's see what i can do so i found <laughs> uh, so i found fiddler's green who does paper models and again doing that same kind of thing with the t37 i think was it um right. where it's a paper craft thing and you kind of take the rough design there because the skins are you know tight they're they're done well um, and basically just transfer that into a thicker uh, media. Um, anyway, so I took that into the CAD program that I have, and I started uh, doing something up, and in short order, I had something ready to go. So then I used my projector because I didn't really want to print out 600 different things, and I wasn't ready to learn anything, apparently. So I projected on the wall, and I traced it out, and it's cut out and ready to go. So that and a bunch of other planes that are probably going to be kits. Um, and that's probably what I'm going to be doing for the next month, which is building the flying car design, testing it out. So you hear about that in a little bit, uh, as well as uh, different builds. So it's either going to be like Master Series Corsair, Master Series P38, which I heard is a bear, and that should be fun. I'm actually really looking <laughs> forward to both of those. Uh, I've got kits for those. Um, I also got word from uh, uh, the Hangar RC that uh, some of the stuff that I had ordered was on its way or should be uh, on its way within about a week um, as he was pulling it together. 
So if they come in, you know, in the middle, you know, build line, I've got the kits. I was just really kind of waiting for the skins to to come in. And I, that was basically waiting for the finalization of the T6 Texan design. Um, and it looks like Sam has got that set the way he likes it. So uh, he's sending those to me. And with, with all the stuff that's coming in there, I should have, you know, two hangar RC designs that I might end up going for. Because I've got the motor set up and ready. I'm All I got to do is build those planes, throw the stuff in and go. And yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I've, I've been kind of like, can't wait for it to come in, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a little kid. It's, it's ridiculous. It's fun, though. That's part of what I love about the hobby here. It makes yeah. me feel like a little kid for a minute. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but that's it. I mean, that was that's what I've been up to in the hobby. Um, and over the next couple of weeks, you'll be hearing uh, whoever's tuning in will be listening to Bill Burry's stuff. Because that will take up every free moment I think I have. Yeah. It usually does. Okay. Um, and you had mentioned to me that during one of your uh, later night building sessions, because you, you build and hang out in the Discord on the mm -hmm. regular, that you and uh, Battle Axe and Sundown have been talking, and a question came up about an ESC setting. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so one of those guys had put together, um, I think it was Battle Axe had put together a uh, hovercraft uh, with, you know, plastic, what are those, the skirt? Yeah, like a plastic skirt and the one, one pushing, one motor pushing down and one motor pushing back with the servo kind of directing it. Um, you know, pretty, pretty basic stuff. And uh, so he was talking about that. And then uh, Sundown 57 was like, oh, yeah, I actually, you know, 3D designed one. I just print those out. My wife loves them. We, we, When I go out to the field to fly planes, we bring that, and she scoots it around the ground while I'm up in the air. And yeah. we, all, we all have a good time, which is pretty awesome, actually. Uh, and one of the questions came up is like, hey, is there a way, because um, they're talking about fine-tuning the controls for the thrust, the, the hover vector, the, the hover motor. and they're like, hey, is there a way to reverse that? So like we could do like a quick stop, like a, almost like a break. Um, so it would pull the craft down to the ground as opposed to like pushing it up. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm finally understanding that question now. Yeah, 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 sorry. <laughs> uh, so the, <laughs> the question was is, hey, you know, like I've got a Simon K ESC and is there a way to make it like bi-directional? So when you're thinking, um, like, you know, your 3D airplanes, that do crazy acrobatics and stuff. Well, the quadcopter yeah. world has found that if you can do reversible, so basically the it goes one direction at the top of your throttle and it goes the opposite direction at the bottom and the middle of your neutral is zero, right? You can do some right. crazy acrobatics, right? Like you can do some crazy maneuvers that are just straight out impossible uh, in any other way. So they found a way that with Simon 30, uh, BL Heli 32 ESCs, that it's built into the programming. Like, all you got to do is hook that thing up to a flight controller and bring the flight controller to your BL Heli app that's on your Chrome. I've got one in Chrome. And it allows you to, it's like a programming card, basically. But okay. it's a little bit more advanced and it allows you more fine-tuning of your ESC and getting data and things like that. So, but you can change one of the things you can change um, like we talked about in our episode was, was all the braking stuff, but it also can change 
is it one direction, is it reverse direction, or is it bi-directional? Hmm. And now, if you're a bush plane pilot, you have a reverse, you want to have a reversible pitch because you can't really change like how fast. But if you have a uh, speed controller, electronic speed controller, that can go bi direction, you effectively have a reverse pitch prop. So, which means like when you land, you can kick it in reverse and literally stop your plane dead. Right. Right. And so the same idea, they were thinking about the same idea, like, oh, can I, can I do this with my, with my hovercraft? Right. And I was like, well, if you have a BL Heli 32, uh, you can do it really easy, especially if you have a flight controller board, just kind of like an extra one. You just hook it up and, and do it. It takes a little bit, but at least once you've got it, now you can use it for your hovercraft. And they said, wow, dude, I've only got a Simon K, um, which is the programming in the ESC. Um, it's like the software. It's, it's like firmware, really. But uh, yeah. anyway, and so apparently, and, and we'll, we'll link a couple of the videos um, that show you exactly how to do it. Um, but all it really is is hooking up a way to program that ESC with a new firmware that allows the bidirectional. The ESC really doesn't care how it's sending the... It, all it's doing is controlling where the current's going down and when. Right. So if you change the programming to allow how that works out based on what your throttle is giving it, voila, okay. you can do that kind of thing. It It changes the firing order on the... Mm-hmm. On the three wires, so you're not having to go in and actually switch the wires. It kind of switches them itself. Right. It switches the order which it fires it. So instead of going A, B, C, A, B, C, it goes C, B, A. Okay. Or whatever. Now, is that is that supported on just the, some of the newer ESCs, or does that happen to be, say, backwards compatible? Well, um, it, it's and a matter you of... You may not know. I, I don't. It's true. I don't really know. I know with a BL Heli, uh, BL Heli, if you can get it, the software to read your ESC, if it has that capability, it will give that as an option. Um, I know that Simon K, it's possible for most Simon K ESCs, and a lot of the cheaper stuff is set with, and it's handed to you with Simon K. Or if it isn't, you could probably flash Simon K to it, uh, and then use this feature to make the adjustments. Uh, the details are best told by somebody else who has done it. I, I haven't. I just saw that. It, I know it's possible. And I know that there's a, there's a couple tutorials. Again, I'm going to link uh, one for the Simon K. And he goes into detail as of specifically how, what software to grab. There's links. And he talks about what the limitations of that are. Uh, and then Josh Bardwell went over the BL Heli stuff and how you can do that with your quadcopters, which while this isn't a quadcopter, the function's still the same. Right. Okay. I hope that helps somebody. I mean, or at least if you didn't know it was possible, now you know. No, I mean, if we ever, I mean, I guess if we ever build a plane that's a bit hot on the landings, um, that has landing gear, like, right. that would be an option. Like, yeah, like a, pro, uh, like a bush plane. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, we wanted or, to do our own stole contest. That that's true too, right? Yeah, yeah. I I don't mind. Look, we I I don't think that's a bad idea. As we look forward, maybe we should issue each other a challenge. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. We'll, we'll think about that as we go forward here. 
Um, well, I guess, so what's that bring us to listener? We had one. Oh, uh, we have a listener comment. You want to talk about okay. that? Uh, it, it was uh, really just it. a feel good, uh, feel good comment uh, that we got on our Facebook. It was Jim O'Cam, and I hope I pronounced that right. And he said he's really enjoying the listening to the podcast. Keep up the great work. And well, thank always, you, Jim. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, not everybody uh, is going to feel that way, I'm sure. But I'm glad that there are a bunch of you here who enjoy listening to us ramble on and on about the hobby. Mm-hmm. So I guess that brings us to what? The main topic? Yeah. And we're just kind of talking about what the last year's been, you know, yeah, hobby and podcast. Um, yeah, sometimes... So- you know, we, we you go into something and not really know how where it's going to take you, how it's going to bring you, and if you're going to be able to stick with it. You know, yeah. Uh, especially this year. This year has been a doozy of a year, <laughs> and for the whole world. Um, but you know, I, I think it's been interesting for the hobby because it seems like when you look back at the hobby over this past year, it's in some ways gotten the um, a squirt of life into it, uh, like an extra little uh, bit of coffee to get it going faster. Um, well, yeah, people have been stuck at home a lot. Exactly. And when they're stuck at home, they're like, well, we got to do something. I'm going to go crazy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I remember as a kid, I used to do, you know, I and let me go to the hobby store and see if there's something fun. And they're like, oh, neat. I've, I've always wanted to try out airplanes. Let me, let me go give that a go. Um, and I was, you know, I've been talking to my local hobby store owner and he's not the only person who's mentioned this same kind of thing. Um, but, but yeah, there's a lot of people who've just been trying to get their hands on something to do while they're stuck at home, um, for the various, you know, lockdown orders of COVID during the, this past year. And, uh, that, that, this hobby is one that people turn to. Mm-hmm. The problem has been how in the world do you get enough material? Because actually that's been the hard part is a lot of the supply lines have kind of, they've been slowed down. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Um, most of the companies are still designing and putting out product. Like they're putting together product, but a lot of the complaints have been, it's been really hard to get the things people need. Um, really? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think some of it has to do with, you know, as, people's hours and uh you know company owners are looking out for their employees and trying to find ways for them to produce a product without being in harm's way um right some of the stuff is in you know it's in a factory you show up and you got to be next to somebody for you know eight hours and be you know doing stuff so you know putting together a plane or, or putting together packaging or getting this or that together and so as the world kind of has figured out how to do that and be as safe as possible, um, a lot of the supply lines and a lot of the supplied materials have been not stopped, but they've been more limited because it's just, Mm -hmm. there's not as many because they can't produce as many because they can't work as many straight hours as they used to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pretty interesting there. All right. So outside of COVID-19, I guess that kind of brings us to the other big uh, piece of news throughout the whole year has been the FAA and the notice of proposed rulemaking and the comments and 
you know, the hobby kind of waiting to see what to do. I think right. that's actually been part of the slowdown as well. Because if you're a manufacturer and you don't know really what you can or can't do, that'll that'll be okay to sell. Mm-hmm. How much money do you really want to put into developing stuff that may not even be possible to sell right. in America or or other places for that matter? So uh, the FAA has been kind of a a cloud that sort of followed us around throughout the hobby this year uh, as well. Um, and you know, it turns out like that it wasn't as dark a cloud as we thought it might be. Um, because at the end of this year, thankfully, we also got some other news about what the final rule was going to be. Um, let's see. We also had, uh, basically a lot of, you saw us hibernate, right? Uh, for a a couple of months. (laughs) Yeah. And I want to, I want to touch on that briefly. I know you and I were talking about before the show. Um, and I don't, I don't mind saying it. We, so we started uh, at the beginning of the year, and we kind of released those first, like the the introductions episode, and then like episode one and two, you know, fairly quickly. And then things started slowing down, uh, and some of that was just figuring out the timing and schedules to do this. And then mm-hmm. COVID hit, and we were stuck at home, and uh, we had gotten to like episode four, I think, and then there was like a big gap there, um, <laughs> and. Yeah. You, I mean, you were you were patient and you were kind and you were gracious uh, on the other end, saying, "You know, hey Joe, let's do this thing. Like, finish editing that episode so we can get the, you know, we can get going again." And um, I, like, I was the one with the foot on the brakes because there was a there was a drastic change in the sound on my end uh, coming from the early episodes into the mid episodes uh, of what's out there now so the episode three four to like the five six period and that was a you know i got a mic before i had been recording on an x an xbox headset and it just while it worked it bugged me and it bugged me enough that i didn't want to keep putting putting that out there and it 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 was just rough you know there, there were problems with it and so it was one. It was once I got a mic and an audio interface and got all that hooked up. That's when I was like, "Okay, Matt, we're good to go. Like, <laughs> let's get back into this thing." And right. you know, since then we've been we've been pretty staying on it. And yeah, I I hate that I didn't do a lot of building during COVID. That was um, <laughs> yeah, well, we can talk about regrets <laughs> about things we wish we had <laughs> we had done. As a matter of fact, something I don't think I wrote down, but don't don't forget it because I do want to get to that. And I think you're right. Yeah. Like that, that is one of those like, wow, we had like a golden opportunity. Um, and, you know, we could have handled it differently. Uh, mm-hmm. At the same point, maybe that's just what we needed to do. And that's okay. Um, I know that while I was home, I was trying to like, I'm used to being able to come up with an idea. And by the afternoon, have a printed plan, ready to just throw down on some foam board that night and cut it out. Like, so by the next day, I'm already like building a new design, like coming up, whatever I came up with. And that right. whole process had uh, really, I don't know, it, it had been disrupted significantly. <laughs> As I was trying to that figure out, like, okay, well, how else do I get plans? Like at the time, my printer wasn't working right, so I couldn't just print a billion sheets. 
I couldn't use the large scale plotter because I wasn't at work. Right. And so what do I do? <laughs> Which actually led to one of the, cause I had, I, you know, I had ideas. I had uh, things I wanted to try out. I mean, my, my brain doesn't stop apparently uh, mm -hmm. whether I like it or not. <laughs> um, anyway, so eventually I, I found my way through it, but you know, that kind of halted a lot of the, I'll call it, not the RC hobby. Um, because I still had some planes to build and try and, and things to fix. And I could have moved forward on some other aspects, but that definitely was a damper on my part. I love building. I love coming up with things and building them. And right. that just, <laughs> it just was, uh, all breaks were on and we were just weren't going to go anywhere until I figured it out. So, uh, so, you know, that doesn't help. You know, it never helps. Uh, but you know, that's okay. I think it really taught, I, that's the other neat thing about, I think this year, it, I hate to say neat, but uh, I think a lot, all of us figured out different ways to do the things we like to do, you know, and managed to kind of work around in a better way or in a safer way for COVID-19. But like we managed to work it through. And I think most people have kind of managed to find a way. Yeah. And I mean, I know that this is actually kind of, moving us into our next area that we're going to talk about, you know, mm -hmm. as far as what have we, what have we as podcast done, but, um, you know, before COVID hit, like when it was still kind of low on the radar, you know, we didn't know it was going to be like this. Um, you had, you know, talk about things we, we had to figure out how to do the things we wanted to do. Um, like we, or you started up, the uh the build parties in discord which is mm -hmm. you know where our discord server came from and since then we've maybe not done as many as we wanted but we have been continuing to do build parties um mm -hmm. and that's a different format i think uh that's you know i don't think it's going to be unique to the covid period long term but no but it sure we, did go oh wow this is an excellent way to continue this hobby and still be safe. Yeah, this is good. Even if we can't yeah. fly, we can at least build and build together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, and I've enjoyed it because like, there's nobody else in my area, like my immediate area. I know there's some mm -hmm. guys, you know, 30, 45 minutes away or such um, that, that are doing this, but there's nobody here in my hometown. Right. And certainly we wouldn't really be able to gather. So, you know, that's been nice. Um, right. And I'm happy for you to have that, really. Because, I mean, I guess thinking back to my experience, I have a flying field. And, okay, I may not be, like, chummy-chummy with everybody at the field or most of the people at the field I, I might have met a couple times. Um, but the fact is I could go to a field and see what people are doing and see the kinds of different avenues people take with a hobby. And I knew that, like, you know, you you didn't have to be able to go do that with, I guess, except for me, like come visit me and, you know, we might do some of that. Um, so it was, it was a good way, I think for me and for me, for you mm -hmm. to be able to see like, this is part of what the hobby is, is getting together and shooting the snot about, you know, what's going on with you. Like, Oh, what do you like about this? I mean, there's a lot of like comparison, like, Hey, have you built that plane before? Have you ever tried that? Out? Oh man, that one's awesome. Or, well, that one's pretty cool, but it's real touchy. And honestly, 
I, I, this other plane is kind of the same thing, but it works way better. And you're like, oh, wow, cool. Like, you know, not, you know, nobody was really disparaging to any one or the other, but it was very much like, uh, you know, these are the things to watch out. You make your call. Like we're all different people. So go to it, man. Um, and I think the whole thing, what I like about it is our community has been very supportive and, uh, I don't know. So I'm I'm blanking on the words here. Maybe you can help me out. Encouraging. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> That's it. Very encouraging. Very positive. Um, and very helpful. So mm-hmm. I, I'm very grateful for it. I'm I'm so happy with the people that we've managed to get to know in this hobby through the podcast and and you know just in general. So uh, so yeah. let's go back to uh, things that happened this year. And our list isn't going to be expansive. I'm not like deep in the hobby. I don't know all the movers and shakers of the hobby or anything like that. Okay. Um, but I do know that like we talked to Sam Platt, right? The Hangar RC. To me, that was a whole new avenue. Like I can go get a different kind of plan, a different kind of way of flying foam board from this guy. Like I don't have to, it's not just, and I say just, but like flight test has plenty of options and the community has even more. Um, right. But it's nice to know that there's other people kind of uh, pa- paving a different path in the same snow as it were, you right. know? So it was nice yeah. to see that. That was cool. Uh, and then, uh, then Depron uh, somewhere mid year, I see a bunch of posts from a guy who's saying, Hey, I got Depron. Anybody, anybody want Depron? And because I remember, like, about a year before that, I think, like, everybody's using, you know, Depron is a common material used in this hobby. It's lightweight. It's flexible. You can mold it into shapes and things like that and really put together some pretty awesome builds, awesome looking builds, right? And I was kind of, like, wanting to try it, but I was like, oh, geez, this is pretty rough. Like, I I wish I could just go and check it out. And Right, because at the time, you could only get it shipped, what, from Europe? Because it yeah. wasn't here. So, well, there was one supplier, and and again, I don't think his prices were terrible, but his prices were for a giant box of it. And as a yeah. product, I don't know anything about. I haven't tried. I don't know the merits of, and I'm not sure I like any better or worse than foam board that I can get down the street for a buck. Yeah, I'm not looking to drop $120 on something I'm not sure I like. It's part of the reason why <laughs> it took me forever to get in this hobby, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. but anyway, so, uh, Depron came back to America. So apparently, and it was gone. Like when I started to go, you know, I think I'm, I'm finally got a couple bucks, you know, I'm going to risk out, I'll, I'll get this stuff and hopefully I'll like it. If not, maybe I can sell it to somebody. Right. Um, and I couldn't find it. It was nowhere. I'm like, where'd it go? And they're like, oh, it's over here in Europe. We got tons of it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah well, it cost $120 in shipping just to get it here. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, sorry. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, well, sorry about that. Yeah, sorry. Like, well, darn, that sucks. And if you look like on RC RC groups or uh, some of the other forums, like maybe RC Universe, like it's it's all over there. Like the build articles and build plans and things like that. Depron is very common as the material used for that, but it's back. So uh, there's a supplier that said, "Hey, I'm going to do this," and uh, he's uh, managed to also find a way to box it up in. I'll call it smaller, smaller chunks, um, more affordable. 
Uh, right. I think, I think a, he managed to get a box down to about $45, and it's got enough seats to build at least two or three planes, two or three park flyer planes, and probably okay. one bigger size plane. And and that's awesome. And I, I think he's he's actually been working to kind of maybe help improve the product if even possible. So um, very approachable. Uh, it's good stuff. So it's back. That's news. That was news to me. I was very excited to hear it. Uh, there's also you, been, were, you called me and you were like, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, um, I don't know. Like, there's so many different ways to to do this. I'm always curious to see what are the what are the benefits of each material, right? Each material has a strength and a weakness. And if you know what they right. are, you might be able to put together some pretty absolutely incredible stuff from mixing these things together if you can. So, mm-hmm. if, but if you don't know that they're there, you, there's no way you're going to have that happen. So, um, we talked about the resurgence in the hobby. Um, oh, uh, yeah. And, and also an interest in the brick and mortar stores. You know, because whenever he's like, oh, I wanted to get back in the hobby, where do I go? Oh, I'm going to go to the local hobby store and say, well, how do I do this? Now that I've got time. Um, yeah. How do I get involved? And of course, they're trying their best to steer people in a direction that'll keep them in the hobby. So I'm excited to see that. Speaking of, have you been in to see Alan Hayes lately? Oh, baby. Yeah, man. Um, How's he doing? It's actually probably been a month, but uh, throughout the last couple months, I stop in about once a month or so. And um, we talk about this or that. I think last time I needed, um, I needed connectors for one of the builds. And I think I needed uh, landing gear wheels. Okay. And I had no desire to wait a long time. So. Uh, he he had some of those and the other half he said i've ordered them and they are just not here yet not here yet and it may be weeks i don't know what to tell you because i haven't seen it come but (laughs) i promise you uh if they're here uh i'll sell them to you (laughs) Uh, i said i appreciate buddy i said don't worry about it i i understand i'm i'm just and he says and you know we talk about and that's part of where i learned like no he said no we're busy like I have a harder time keeping things in stock than I do anything else. Like I can't well, get restocked fast enough for what people want, you know? And so I was like, that's awesome. Cause no, we're doing really good. And, and it's been a big help that, you know, the community itself has been very supportive. Um, and it helps and it doesn't hurt that we've, you know, we're expanding the, the base here. So I said, cool. Right. Uh, I know a bunch of, and I know this has kind of already started, but it seemed like there's been a, a resurgence almost in balsa. I think with the, the price of laser cutters coming down and the ability for everybody to kind of either print, you know, print out their own plans or, or laser cut their own balsa plans. Um, it seems like there are a handful of new balsa kit makers who are literally taking some of either their old old designs or taking the old ones and improving them. And making them more uh, snap fit, for, for okay. lack of a better way. So rather than sort of like put your pieces together, put glue in, and you're good, like uh, these interlock, and you don't need to pin them all together and hold them and you know cross your fingers that it, something doesn't happen. Like no, you just you just put them together and you put the glue on and you're good. Um, it seems like a smarter way to build, um, uh, but. These there's a, a lot of new balsa kit makers. They're making some new planes, and they're 
um, re maybe reissuing um, a lot of old favorites. And so they're kind of keeping the hobby that the part of the hobby, which I was kind of looking at like how many, you know, how many makers of balsa kits are there anymore? And I was looking at it going like, I don't think there's not, there's, there's many. And Alan was kind of saying the same thing. He's like, you know, it's really just these two big guys, Gillows. I mean, you can find a lot of small kit makers, like individuals who are, you know, Hey, you can order for me. I've got three planes or 20 or whatever it is, but you know, they're printing them out one at a time and putting them together and shipping them off. Nothing big like Gillows. Like, but Gillows is like one of the last one. I think there was one other maker. I mean, now it seems like there's a couple more uh, old school model works and willy nilly's. And I know there's more. Like, I know there's a lot more. So that's pretty, pretty exciting to me. Um, yeah, and then, of course, encouraging. Can, like, this, it sounds like this hobby's going to, you know, stay here for a while. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, and that's the other thing is like, you know, you build with foam and we love it. Uh, but at a certain point, you want to try something more challenging, or maybe you're like, you know, this might be done better this way. Let's try this balsa, see what it is. That's like the next step. Um, so it's nice to know that it's not going to be harder to get, but it's going to be as easy to get as it always has been. Right. Which would be nice. And of course, it, it doesn't hurt that we ended out the year with a, your hobby isn't going to die in a burning trash fire from the FAA. It's, I, we, we will, we will accommodate you. You may not always like every piece of this, but we should be able to have a way to continue the hobby in, in a fashion that's at least manageable. Again, mm -hmm. you know, you can, everybody's got their opinions, so you can enjoy it. Um, you're welcome to share them with us if you want at our emails, um, uh, aviationrcnoob at gmail.com or Matthew. No. Yeah. Matthew at aviationrcnoob.com or Joe, Joe. at aviationrcnoob.com. Uh, okay. Sorry. Joe usually no, takes good. that part. He does well with it. So I think he's probably more um, like, don't, don't do it again, Matt. Just don't. I'll, I'll take care of this one. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, from a just some, you know, uh, bullet points then on the timeline as far as uh, where the podcast been and where it went, like, you know, because mm -hmm. we've got here our notes, I just want to go over them real quick. Uh, yeah, please. We initially launched the podcast on Podbean. Uh, we quickly moved through our uh, free allocation on that, and so we moved over to Anchor. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and some of that was the in between as well uh, that I talked about earlier. But we're over on Anchor now. Um, you know, you you started up the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. We got the, the website up and going. Um, which we've talked about, we do want to get uh, some more stuff going on with the website, at least mm -hmm. more information on it. And yeah. um, uh, it's definitely in the looking forward section. Uh, one of the yeah. things I think we're it, it we'll talk about is is that as the website. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. In February, we tried out the Discord right for for the build party for Builderoy last year. I think that was the first time we tried it out, uh, and I was really surprised at how. Uh, like I said, like how refreshing we've talked about it, how refreshing it was to kind of go, Oh, cool. This is working. Uh, this is actually a lot of fun. We, we should do this more often. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and it, and it went pretty well, which was, which was good. 
Yeah, and I wasn't part of that build party just because I wasn't doing the buildjuary stuff. But right, yeah. You know, then as we got going, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and then and then I'm glad you were you were able to help out because you understood Discord a heck of a lot better than I did at that time. Um, I was like a little baby in Discord, going, "I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Please, somebody, don't hurt me." Um, <laughs> ooh, candy. Um, anyway, so uh, then we picked up at the end of the summer or at the beginning of summer, I think. Um, and then we began to re- release regularly. We we talked about, look, you know, we're going to get back into this. Like, how do we make sure that, you know, we we provide something that people can enjoy regularly is to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. And then oh, we built Spitfires and flew them together during the summer. And, and that continued. was a lot of fun. Oh, man. That was, I, we'll talk about the highlights, but that's definitely one of them. Uh, uh, so we, we, we did that and we, you know, we pl- flew the old fogies together. Um, yep. and, and I realized like, wow, flying, flying with friends is so much better than flying by yourself at the field. Don't be wrong. It's, <laughs> it's good. And I thoroughly enjoy it. But, uh, having a buddy out there to, to have fun flying around with is, is just so good. Yeah. Yep. Um, we were able to get, uh, we had our, the Hangar RC was able to sponsor our show for a little bit with a discount uh, code for you listeners, um, which was pretty neat. That was a that was kind of an exciting uh, time, and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to you know see what happens in the future. Um, and then we launched our website, right? And we got individual emails. I don't know if that was more exciting, which was launching the website or getting individual emails. I don't know why either of them is. Like, I don't know, there's something about like feeling legit, like, okay, we are legit. We've been putting out a podcast. We've been getting steady growing listeners and I've got a website. Yeah. It's like, okay, now we're, now we're on the map. I don't know. That's what it felt like. Well, I think that kind of covers the, the, the way the hobby has changed over the last year or not changed or the, the way. Uh, things have gone in the past year for the hobby, which, you know, um, pretty good, I think. But how has the hobby changed for you? I mean, honestly, not not a ton because I got into this shortly before uh, COVID really kicked off. Yeah, you know, like when I, so I got this, got into this in what, November period of 2019. That's right. Yeah, it was right after your birthday. Yeah. And so yeah, I got to do a little bit of building with the with the Delta and my glider mm-hmm. and got to fly a little bit with that and then yeah, we were kinda launching this and then COVID hit. So <laughs> like there there to my knowledge there's not anybody flying in this area. Um, you know, right here with me. So it's not like I was going out and flying with other people and that I lost that. Like nothing's not not a whole lot really. Yeah. You know, through this year I've gained friendships, you know. Our our friendship has changed, but also like yeah. through the community that's in our Discord. Like there's guys there that you know, I've come to know and know better over the last year and Absolutely. met plenty of people there. So it's 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 almost like you're like, Man, I wish we were like uh, 20 minutes we just go and hang out at the field forever it'd be a lot of fun 
you know. Yeah. And at one point of clarification, because I I don't remember where I saw this, but I I saw or heard mentioned somewhere um, that a, at least one or two people think that you and I live like right near each other. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I, I think I got grouped into the Fayetteville statement. No. And, no. So <laughs> just no, just for live... clarification. Yeah, we're yeah, hours two and apart. a half hours away. Yeah, yeah two, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. You're up kind of almost central North Carolina, I think, mm-hmm. up in yep. Fayetteville, and I'm uh, central South Carolina. So it's, exactly. it's a bit of a deal for us to get together periodically. Uh, yeah, you know, and look, we're we're both living our own lives, and we have busy nonsense going on. I've got, you know, my children um, are oftentimes busy most weekends because that's what happens with kids who are in grade school and middle school and all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. less of it because I guess in many senses, less of it from COVID because when the kids are saying, Hey, can I do this? I'm like, well, we can go take a hike. And they're like, eh, I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. Well, can mm-hmm. we do this indoor activity that involves touching everything that everybody else just touched two seconds ago? And I'm like, ah, no, let's, let's not. <laughs> Cause you know, as we had talked, my, my mother had been in, she's, you know, coming on 80 years old, so I'm not looking to expose her to a bunch of stuff. Uh, no thanks. Uh, I mm-hmm. like my mom. I'd like to keep her around for a little while. Uh, I don't want it to be uh, that she goes from COVID. So uh, anyway, th- that being said, uh, yeah, so we get together. So the two-hour mark, though, means that it's an easy, uh, it's a hard day trip, but possible and, and actually pretty enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And it's an easy overnight trip and it's yeah. an even more enjoyable weekend trip and i think we've experienced each one each one of those and they've all been good um so we'll you know it's close enough where we do get together frequently enough where you know but but it's like once a month or once every you know two months it's yeah. it's not like i say hey man want to meet at the field and you're like yeah let's do it and <laughs> If I guess I'll follow up on that because some will know and some may not, but for anyone wondering, you know, well, then how are we recording? Um, literally right now I'm looking at Matthew on discord and he's looking at me and there's, there was some interesting things that went on, you know, a learning curve that went on recording over discord and how all that works. Um, you know, cause there's internet lag and such. So we had to be mindful, not step, step on top of each other verbally, but it's that that's how we do this um Mm -hmm. yeah we record locally on audacity and we talk to each other via discord yeah so then you end up sending me your files i in the past i've been doing the editing uh you send that stuff to me but recently you've started doing some editing well you know look i had a good teacher um joe Joe took a little bit to say hey here's some of the stuff and surprisingly, if you use CAD, AutoCAD, um, most of the controls are very similar. So uh, it was pretty easy for me to pick up because a lot of the navigation tools are similar. Um, and I think that's probably the biggest difficulty with getting around, um, with like yeah. editing things. You need to be able to move around and zoom in and out and edit. So to be able to get into edit and get detailed and then it, go back out and Anyway, it's very similar to how in AutoCAD you have this drawing and it's massive, 
There's tons of stuff in there, but yet you need to get down to that bolt and the three, you know, the one millimeter gap between this and that. Um, even though you're looking at a foot or three of stuff, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, it's, it's interesting. So yeah. It, and I appreciate that we got a chance to get through that and you gave me the pointers I think I needed to jump in. Cause I think if I were doing it on my own, it would have been a much, much steeper curve. Yeah. And I, I guess that's not so much how the hobbies changed, but how, you know, our, some of that background stuff has changed, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we meander a lot, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, so sorry about that. Uh, so how's it, how's it changed for me? At least what I've noticed is for the hobby. Um, so people aren't doing events. Uh, I mean, some of them are happening still, like there's still some events that happen, but most of the major events that happened have been canceled. And a lot of the little events have been canceled. So really, I think people are used to getting together and just sort of seeing what's going on and they haven't been able to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the reason why, I don't know, maybe why some of our build nights, uh, there are a lot of people really told us that this was something they didn't realize they were missing in the hobby. And I think it's just that getting together and seeing what's going on and seeing what people are doing and, you know, just that, that talking about, hey, that's a cool plane. What is that? And, you know, when I'm at flight test, I see all sorts of, like what I've been in the past, I see all sorts of crazy stuff. I'd be like, how did you do that? What is that? What kind of tape are you using there? And you don't get that opportunity, except maybe in your local flying field, sort of. Um, so the build night kind of allows you to do that. Like, hey, what are you building over there? What is that gray thing? you know, next to your plane. Oh, that's just this, you know? And, and so it has right. that similar feel. And I think that's something that you, nobody's been getting is most of the events that kind of lead to that, uh, that hobby camaraderie have, have been missing this year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, why don't we talk about uh, some of our favorite planes, some of our favorite flying like, let's talk about how they like which ones are our favorite flying planes, which ones are were our favorite builds, which planes were our favorite builds, and which planes gave us probably the best experience, like our okay. favorite experience. Um, you want to lead this off, or you want me to? Um, I can. It's my list won't be as large as yours, and it's pretty much going to include every plane I've built to this point, because uh, my building has been rather limited um yeah i've i've built the ft delta i've built the spitfire the old fogey the uh hangar rc vulture and that i early on was working on scratch building a glider and it actually later built the simple soar um Mm -hmm. so really sort of out of that list they they've each had their highlights you know the delta was the first build um, so that was kind of memorable because one, it was quick to knock out and it was the first one that I was really flying. Yeah. I got to fly your, your arrow, but that, that was like my first plane. Yeah. And, and there were difficulties in that because in the flying of that, because first time, you know, it was windy that day we went out, we said, screw it. We're going to fly anyway. Um, <laughs> that was such a mess. 
<laughs> and you know that's that's how that goes um you know what my memory of that is part of what i love that? about that is the second the prop broke you went let's get another prop <laughs> you're like that was really yep. hard let's get another prop <laughs> really and that you know at, that was the point at which i had you know kind of figured out and learned it you know the the props that i had in my in my kit that i had gotten um they, I guess they were regular props or props for a different motor size mm-hmm. or, you know, shaft size. Cause I've got the motor I have is a quad motor. So right. they need a different, a, a different prop. I learned that you got to pay attention to what prop you're buying. Yeah. Not all props are created equal. <laughs> Cause I had to, I had to go in and ream out, you know, the, the middle of the, the middle of the hub so they could go over the motor shaft all right, um, so that was one of your highlights of experience. What 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 are the other planes that gave you maybe your favorite experience? I guess so far the favorite really has been the Spitfire. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just had a lot of fun with it, and that <laughs> that plane has taken a beating. Uh, had <laughs> taken a beating. It you know <laughs> broke in half, nose dived a couple times. Um, you know. I'm trying to think it a lot it of damage to the nose dirt yeah oh yeah that's right i did fly it into a tree <laughs> rip the wing clean off of it i forgot oh, about God. that and, and then, you kept uh, at yeah. it yep and then ultimately you know put it in a tree and it rained and you know yeah that one's gone that's okay um, <laughs> but it yeah, had quite so, the adventure along with you for sure yeah and it's so far it's been it has been my favorite to fly uh, just because it's, while I really enjoy flying the Fogey, like the Spitfire was more, uh, get up and go and more acrobatic. I could do a few more things with it. Um, now the Fogey was a gentler one. It was basically what I learned on. Um, yeah. and that one was fun cause it was just a, an easier, lazier flying style. Like just put it up there, hang out, have fun. It, I mean, I crashed it a number of times too, um, mm-hmm. but it was good. Um, now, from a building perspective, you know, I enjoyed building uh, the the scratch built glider because I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I liked <laughs> <laughs> I like to have thought at the time I did, um, and it it was that that was sort of the the enjoyment of trying to create something or trying to figure something mm-hmm. out and you know, go big as it were. Um, and if it had flown more than one flight, it would have been big and nice. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. Well, it, more than two flights. I can't um, wait for you to try, uh, to try a scratch build again, because I really saw you, you were so, I mean, so excited. I'm like, yes. And I saw it. I was like, I'm excited. This is going to be really cool. Um, mm-hmm. you know? And so I, yeah, definitely. It, it, I could see why that's one of your one of your favorites there. Uh, what else? Uh, I enjoyed building the vulture in that it was like it was different because it was a skin build. Like that was a whole other avenue or method because yeah, like, as I was building it, yeah, there was a whole new process of you know delamination, putting on a putting on a new skin. Um, there was a lot of learning that went on with that because. Mm-hmm you know, humidity is a thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, yeah. and the worries of, Oh man, like 
because it's so warped due to humidity changes uh, in my house, like, am, am I still going to be able to build this thing proper? And, and in the end, it did. And what you um, learned was, yeah, you know, this has a lot of forgiveness, this building yeah. method. So, which mm-hmm. is pretty nice. Yeah. What about you? Oh, man. Well, you hit on one of my favorites is the Spitfire with you um, for a couple different reasons. The Spitfire was one of the first ones my kids, both of my children, got to fly, like fly on their own. Um, we had tried out the buddy box system on that thing. And it's a great plane. Like, I don't know why I didn't build that thing so long ago. I would have been so much happier, I think. <laughs> it's such a great flyer. And we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to harp on it too much. But I think the experience I had with my children that day that we pulled out the buddy box, we got it working. They were being really patient with me trying to make sure that I had everything set. Uh, but they were part of the process. They were interested in making sure, okay, are these going the same size, si- you know, same uh, deflection? Are they close? What's going on? Right. Left, you know, in, out, and we checked it. And they were part of that process. They seemed to be involved. And then, okay, you give it a try. And then they flew and Clinton flew awesome. And it was like, it was a great new experience for both of us. Uh, he was testing my ability as a pilot to recover <laughs> from a really bad angle or a really bad orientation. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's upside down and going into the woods, you know, like, oh, no. Um, and as well as my other son, my younger son, he, he flew like it wasn't a big problem at all. Like he's done mm-hmm. this before. It's all good. Hey, dad, I can go inverted. Check it out. And I'm like, that's really Please dangerous because do daddy doesn't know how to recover from that very well. <laughs> but we had a great time with that. And, and okay, so then add to that, um, we got a cotton a tree, recovered it, repaired it, and still flew it really well. Uh, you and I got so many chances to get together. And I think that was one of those planes that we knew that once – we had the opportunity. We we're going to have a good time flying those together. And yeah. just that experience is so, so good. I mean, I, I really enjoyed being able to have that experience with you with for this podcast together. Like, so it's already given me like two or three really great memories um, in this hobby. So it by hands down, it's the top. Um, the Vance Viking is another one of those that I it really enjoyed the experience. It was, the plane that pulled me out of that COVID, I guess I can't build anything funk. Like, I guess mm-hmm. if I come up with an idea, it'll be pinned. I won't be able to make it, you know? And I went, well, wait, I've got a projector and I've got a piece of foam and some ingenuity. I think I could put some together. And, you know, later that day, uh, or I think the next day, I had a model that was ready to go. And I was like, boy, I hope this flies. And I don't have a great track record of really getting the CG right. I don't know. It just uh, not yet. Like, I think I'm there. I think I'm close to the point where I can like usually hit it close now, but right. it, for two and a half years, that was not the answer even remotely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of planes that got tanked into the ground anyway. So uh, it was one of those planes I put together and I tossed it across the yard after getting it balanced out. And it, it flew so nice. It just flew so nice. And uh, the, the little bit of flying I did before, um, it was also a new technique. I, I really hadn't done the sections butted up against each other, except for maybe two other builds. And, you know, they really haven't done a lot of flying successfully either. So 
Uh, it didn't last long because I don't, I think I needed to put a little bit more bracing in the nose section, but it flew beautifully. And uh, I have other people who built it who proven that, oh yeah, this is awesome. Uh, they really enjoyed building it too. So that was a great experience. Um, and it, it seems like, you know, it's brought me in connection to other people in the hobby. Um, I think the, the grandson of the designer um of of the company that made the plane like reached out to me after seeing my video and was kind of like hey that's pretty cool and i don't know to me that's like a you know a pat on the back or i don't know what it is but it made me feel good and yeah i really enjoyed that plane like it, it was one of those planes i thought up and it came together just like i hoped and it flew better than i expected and it just yeah i'm it, it's one that makes me happy um and i think the last one of like my top experiences was the Luscombe Silver, which was kind of, um, it was at the end of the, what was it? Um, the, like the balsa to foam challenge that, that okay. was going on at the very beginning, all this stuff. And I literally, I made it the day we launched the podcast. If I recall really? right. Yeah, I think so. It was uh, January 30th. I think that's when our, I think that's when our first episode went out live, right? Okay. Uh, if it's not, I was like right there. Um, and that day I took out like a bunch of planes and, and maidened it. But this one was special because it was a friend who had, you know, we'd been talking on the forums forever. Uh, he even laser cut some kits for me, which, which is how I built this first Spitfire. Um, and it was a plane that his dad made him burnish. Or, or polish the, the chrome all over the plane, like by hand, because, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you can't do it with a, with a tool. It'll eat right through the, the chrome or whatever. And so he had to do this thing by hand, poor guy. So he showed me this plane. He said, hey, I can't design. I don't have time to design it and build it. But, like, if you get it together, like, I will build it. I'm so excited. I would love to, I would love to fly a model of this. And so I was able to take... Um, I was able to take the designs and really turn it into a plane I was proud of. And then I got it to, I managed to get it to fly. It's a trainer plane. So it was pretty easy. But once I, and I, of course I made it on like the windiest day. You did a little, little winds throwing it around the, the runway on the ground. And I'm just like, okay, when the wind dies down, like the old fogies when we started, like yep. when it, when it, dies, <laughs> when it dies down, I'll just gun it up and we'll get it in the air and then it should be okay. I hope. Um, but yeah, I got it up in the air and I'll tell you, it's just, it flies so fun. Like, it's just a really good trainer. It's a good plane. And if I hadn't gotten the servos backwards or I don't know what I, I think I put flaps and they ended up going up and not down. Oh. And so, like, the plane did a whole weird corkscrew thing. And, yeah, it nosed into the dirt fast. And I was like, ah, oh, that sucks because this was such a good plane. Um, yeah. Easy to repair. I'll get to it eventually amongst many things which we may talk about um but those were the good ones ones i love flying the ft arrow the the one i i did the thunderbolt that was the first skin i'd ever done was the thunderbolt design that raster uh, rasterize i think has on the forums i made it built that arrow and it's like the third arrow i love the arrows they're fun they're fast they're zippy um that skin design is really good for it's it's pleasing to look at it looks professional when it's sitting on the ground and and it's really cool, but it's also great for orientation because the blue Thunderbird is on the bottom and the other is white. And so you can tell what, what you're looking at. 
Mm-hmm. Wings wings are easy to kind of lose orientation on. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. The HRC7, the, the Hangar RC7, uh, and the Mini have been, when, I, when they're in the air and they're flying around, they're just a joy to fly. It was a lot of fun. And they're, they're acrobatic and kind of dangerous. And I clearly took the danger to a point that I couldn't control. And that's my <laughs> fault. But I had a lot of fun flying it. And I, you know, one of those, ooh, I can't wait to get this in the air kind of thing. Um, right. And that's, that's, that's a good thing. The FT Goblin, putting that on 6S and watching that scream across the sky for about a minute before the motor burnt. <laughs> Priceless. It was awesome. The Goblin was great. And then the F7F Tiger Cat. Uh, a twin engine, just fun. It's got plenty of power. It looks great. And I was excited to always bring it out to the field and fly it, even when I crashed and, and whatnot from, I can't even remember what happened. But it it's awesome. I just enjoyed it. Um, builds my favorite builds. Uh, I've talked a lot about the Viking. I haven't fi- finished it because I haven't flown it. Um, but this is one of those ones where my idea came out exactly like I wanted, and it looks exactly to m- in my mind. Um, it looks so much like a scale replica. Um, I'm really impressed with it, and it was one of those ones where I kind of. I took some cues from some of the, the paper craft people and used that to with the, the flight test style build, but yet more the master series where it's not like a segmented, but it's more smooth. And right. I, I'm just really pleased. I can't, you know, I, it's almost going to be a hanger queen once I get it done. I want to figure <laughs> out the, the back landing gear. Um, the T-37 Dragon, I think it was the T-37 Cessna. Um, and that's the one that was pure papercraft. I just wanted to see, like, if I put, the, if I just print it out big and cut it out and put it on some foam, will it fly? And it turns out it flew, and it flew, you know, pretty well. Um, a lot better than I expected it was going to, considering it was incredibly heavy for the size of the craft. So uh, that yeah. was a lot of fun to put together and see turn into something that I could be excited to to you know have around the house and to to fly with so yeah those those were it like i built a lot of planes and i know i'm missing a bunch more that i've either repaired and flew or put together and flew but uh but if we covered all your planes we'd be here for a week that's true we would we don't need that so let's move (laughs) on then (laughs) uh let's start talking about uh us and i guess the the podcast experience okay. and maybe our take or our thoughts on it. Um, let me start with you. And I'm, we're probably going to go back and forth with the same questions. I think, um, what did you expect when you started this from the podcast and, uh, and the hobby, I guess for you, I, I expected from the hobby to, I guess, be able to jump in, grab the controller, build something, get in the air, and immediately be flying. Like, that, I, I kind of stated as much <laughs> in our first episode or two. That, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I'm going to build something, I'm going to fly it, it's going to be great, I'm going to be awesome at it. And <laughs> I also expected to be building a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've not built remotely uh as much as i 
originally wanted to, and eh, that's on me, you know. Uh, well, the question um, is, I guess, are you are you a little disappointed in that? Are you okay with it? Now that you've got a chance to build things, and you know what the process really is, are you okay with where it's at? Or are you like, I'd like to build more, but I also recognize, like, this hobby is just that. It's one of the hobbies I have. It's one of the hobbies I have. It's, I wish that I built more because ultimately mm-hmm. I would fly more and have a bigger <laughs> selection to fly. Yeah. Um, I've realized I enjoy the flying part of the hobby much more than the building part of the hobby. Uh, not that I don't enjoy building. Um, right. I just never end up, I, like I, I don't set the time aside on a regular basis to sit down and build um, sure. like I should. So there's well, that. Um, well, I'm piggybacking on that. Before we go a little bit further, what kind of planes, because you enjoy the flying, what, what kind of planes do you think you want to have? And you said you're like, I don't have a lot. And I don't have the, a big selection. What kind of selection do you feel like you're missing or that you'd like to have? And you know, this uh, kind of leads into the, in the future. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> I'm going to want to build, I think, more war, more warbirds okay. um, in, in similar you know, designs. It's, I've enjoyed the fogey as a trainer. I wouldn't mind having one or two more um, you know, designs that I try out when maybe I park the fogey for a while and build something else. But mm-hmm. uh, the Spitfire and you know, still working on the Corsair, like, I feel like that's going to be the real, the real enjoyment. For mm-hmm. me there, nice. Yeah, I've tried the gliding. It, I ain't gotten that to work. Um, need to mm-hmm. need to try again. But okay, so far, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm making um, notes. Things to do this yeah. year. Go ahead. <laughs> um, what about the podcast? Get, oh, sorry, I'm. I yeah. you No, you're fine. I was working on moving there. Um, really didn't have a whole lot of expectations rolling into into the podcast. Because I imagine, and you can, you know, agree or disagree on me, but I think we both rolled into this thinking, well, we're gonna, we're just gonna have fun with this and see where it goes. Yeah. You know, and our ultimate thing was, you know, so long as you know a couple people are enjoying it and getting something out of it, we want to continue doing it. Yeah. Um. You know, it's been, it's been a lot more work than. Maybe I thought I was signing up for. Well, what what was? Do you remember the 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 sales pitch? And I, I wasn't being devious or dishonest with it. I genuinely genuinely felt this way at the time. I thought this was what it was going to be. Well, what do you remember? What no, I, I what I told you? What kind no. of time commitment I was suggesting that we'd probably have? Yeah, you were probably quoting me what two hours a week. I think it was something yeah. like that. <laughs> It, I'm looking back on it, I feel like, oh, I'm so sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, it's fine. Um, yeah. No, of course. Like, we've talked about it, and obviously, um, if we didn't need to, didn't want to spend this kind of time or didn't need to, uh, you know, we'd adjust either how we're doing this or if we're doing it at all. But mm-hmm. I think so far, so good. Um, yeah, I just, so I want to apologize now. You know, on behalf of my more naive self a year ago, <laughs> I'm so sorry, Joe. 
this well, is a lot more effort. I think there, there's more time and effort in, but some of that was learning curve. I think, I know we kind of honed in some of the process where we weren't, we're not taking as long as we used to. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know. It's in the beginning. I put, I made a lot of extra work for myself uh, that <laughs> didn't necessarily need to be there. Um, but you know, Sorry, we, we've whittled it down now and you're taking some of the workload. So that's, mm -hmm. that's been yeah. nice. Yeah. We've been, um, we've been sharing, I think we've been sharing the workload a little bit better. Uh, when, what I didn't know, and this is my thing, what I expected from the podcast was we would record it. We would slap a front end and a back end, maybe pull out any curses that came through or something like that. Like a, you know, the cat's yowling in the microphone or something like that you know or dogs mm -hmm. barking we take those out and then that would be it we'd, we'd release it and that's my vision that's what i thought like oh this is all it'll be what i didn't so joe and i know each other from playing role-playing games but i don't think either of us really knew how we work right i don't know like i didn't know joe his work ethic or anything like that i just knew when we get together we have a lot of fun and that's yeah. That's all we, I mean, we shoot the snot on the porch and it'd be a great time. Um, and I don't think you knew how I work or anything like that. And I think it turned out what surprised me is one, you love audio, which at first I was like, yes, this is great. And then I'm like, oh gosh, we're really getting into depth about this audio thing. And I, I'm, <laughs> I just wanted to put a front end in a back. I don't, why are we dealing with all this other stuff? But, you know, I think what I've learned over this last year is that we are really good um complement to each other mm -hmm. and that i tackle things one way you tackle them the other we both have a lot of joy and passion for what we're doing and i think you help me pull away from my bad habits and i help you not dive into some of your bad habits and i think between the both of us we end up doing better together i'm like i'm, I'm hoping i'm crossing the fingers that that's how you feel too but uh yeah i think i think you know I, again i didn't expect it i really didn't expect you i thought the audio we'd both be like in the dark trying to figure out what to yeah. do and you're like oh yeah i run the I run the soundboard for for my church I'm like oh and then you start going for the next hour into specifics about curves and stuff. <laughs> and you're like, I don't, I don't know if I should be paying attention or just tell him to shut up. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> cool. All right. I, I'm like, you know what? This is, this is good. So, and it has been. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was one of the biggest things I learned is that I think, you know, that we work differently. I'm sure you probably, you know, we work differently than I think than I knew, you know, at the time. And I think I've learned that we work better as a team than I think if either of us had just started up a podcast and went at it. Um, yeah. And and I'm kind of glad we have that yin and yang, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, I mean, there's still the the student mentor uh, relationship there too. Right. You know, like, I expected I'd be more of a mentor. In, in which god forbid uh part of the piloting aspect i really didn't know you had like year like years worth of like 
flight uh, not time. That much. Well, okay. Um, so so you met many many hours in the flight simulators. Yeah. Like I didn't know you knew more or less how to fly. Like you had the concepts down. All it really has been has been translating. Okay, how is what I learned in the simulator for larger planes translating to the RC? Which I mean, that's a learning curve. And but I'll tell you what, your piloting learning curve was way shorter than mine. Uh, I'm a little jealous. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm glad that's the case. Then um, me too, because honestly, the thing that I've learned the most from in this in doing this podcast has been humility um which is to say yeah on the front end you know remember way when we were doing our introductions episode it was like yeah i've got all these hours of sim time and all this you know like i've been up in the plane yeah. i've flown a couple like you know under supervision and i've never landed you know mm-hmm. uh did a did an assisted landing got to have my hands on control but yeah i've got i've got all this experience and <laughs> then like for the first long while He's like, so Joe, what'd you fly? Well, I flew this and I crashed it. Or I tried <laughs> to fly this and I crashed it. Or yeah, I flew this, lost signal, and broke my plane in half. Or that tree <laughs> came out of nowhere and you know, <laughs> ripped my wing clean off. Like right. it it was a very it it'd be one thing if I was doing this even if you and I were doing this, you know, just as two friends, mm-hmm. just ourselves doing it, having fun together. But then to also have to turn around and say, you know, and put it out there, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I did something stupid or, you know, I'm not as good as I <laughs> as I thought I was, you know, yeah. and, and have that out there. Um, but part of the process is, yeah, I have to own it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. it It's definitely, yeah, you can easily just pretend like it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you and i don't know maybe that's what i was doing for a couple of years um no i, I didn't mind owning up to the crashes uh, part partly is the flight test um the way they present their material and they present the hobby is that this is fun you're going to crash enjoy it like it's just part of it it's okay um mm-hmm. <laughs> and and i kind of took that to heart because i know my personality is to like just not be okay with it um <laughs> yeah I, i'm just i'm thinking back to a couple horrific crashes i'm, I'm thinking <laughs> uh the bloody baron where the the battery started smoking oh man learn, learn to put little globs of glue on the back of the screws there <laughs> yeah no i have three or four layers of foam board but yes yes exactly that kind of thing um so i guess what i want to know is what my learning curve i would say for being a comfortable pilot is geez i started 2017 it's been almost four years so i would say a comfortable pilot has been like three years of like trying to get a plane to just stay in the air long enough to learn from it (laughs) um and and then now i can fly like i've been able to recover the the odd whatever's for when my son and that was you know mid-year and I would even say, like, at the beginning of the year when we started this, I felt reasonably confident that, like, we, I could, I could help a little in, in making sure that we could have fun when we go out and do that. 
Um, but it's been like a two and a half to three year journey to get to that point. Um, and right. you know, at, it's been a year and I feel at this point, I feel confident in my flying skills to be able to put a plane in the air that if it's close, I will be able to trim it out. I'll be able to fly it around and have mostly a pretty good time and bring it in for some sort of landing and probably 70% of the time is one I can put it back in the air from. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know about you. What, what, what would you say your learning curve is? Has been? Well, has been? Uh, well, you seem I mean, like you're pretty confident. Like at this point, you can put a plane in the air and fly it around and keep it flying. As long as it's not like something didn't go horribly wrong. Yeah, like it. The the fogey was good for was good for that because once I got that up in the air and feeling right, which I guess in all reality didn't take too long, uh, and I was with you for the first flight or two of it, so you were able to kind of mentor me and guide me through some of that, uh, and then I got some solo time with it, and once, so I guess in that regard it was that curve was steep it was quick mm-hmm. i guess um you know relatively speaking uh i didn't spend a long time trying to figure it out like it it happened fairly quickly but then there was still the dumb mistakes that <laughs> I, I call them dumb because i i know they're like what i do and i'm like oh why did i do that you know yeah, like i knew you, better <laughs> you get in an uncomfortable situation and immediately just pull the stick back and to the right like this is going to fix it right like yeah. No, um, no, no. I need to throw the goblin into the ground one more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know you're feeling. <laughs> you know, but now that, yeah, now that now that I'm comfortable with that, uh, in general, the scariest part really is a new plane. You know, like yeah. launching it for the first time. You know, really hoping all the CG and everything's right. And I'm overly obsessive when it comes to. Well, I don't go down a checklist on pre-flight. I do check everything, and I'll check all my control surfaces multiple times that they're moving the right way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a maiden flight is very nerve-wracking for me still. It, you know, if it helps, it doesn't really go away. <laughs> <laughs> you just accept that, look, I've done the best I can. And, you know, when you've gone through the checklist the X amount of times, you just go, well, at this point, I've got to, I got to put a throttle up and see if it flies. Yep, There's no way to do it from this point, you know, three quarter throttle and let her rip. We'll see what happens. Yep. Can you imagine the first, when you flew the fogey, I remember I was holding it and you're like, okay, we're good. And I'm like, no more throttle. And you're like, no, 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 I should be fine. I'm like, no, 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 you need more. <laughs> Can you imagine if you released it like the 30 or 40% throttle that you're on at the time? Fogey probably would have flown, but yeah. Um, most planes aren't going to make that kind of that kind of throttle. Ugh. Yeah, no. The Spitfire I was throttling up to you know probably eighty percent before I was hand launching it. So, did you think you're going to make it the year? I thought that I would have built more in this year, and certainly if okay. I had built more, I'd have been you know flown more. But yeah, I I figured I'd still be here. Um, okay, I'm. You know, did you think we were going to keep the podcast going for a full year? <laughs> I was hoping. <laughs> yeah. That's very helpful. Uh, I also came to the understanding, you know, I've listened to a bunch of this and that, and 
you know, I wasn't sure. Like, just because it's a podcast and it's two people and we each have very separate lives that are we're each doing different things. And, you know, I was I was a little worried to some degree, but mm-hmm. I also knew you, Joe, that like when you say you're going to do something, you do it. And I know I'm very much the same way as you know as best i can and we communicate well so i was like okay we'll we'll be okay like as long as you don't get so frustrated with Bob, you're like forgot this i'm out oh or me <laughs> for that matter i mean i'll tell you what there have been days where i was just like i think it's time to hang up the gloves <laughs> hang up the transmitter <laughs> and just put it all away well i mean on that aspect there's been a couple times that you've been the pick me up i needed to to keep going yeah you know both with the hobby and the podcast, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's been a hand in hand, like pulling each other along. Yeah, I think so. That's part of what I, 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 I do best, I think in small teams kind of stuff. And I, I think that's partly why, because you know what, look, we're all human and there's been some days where it's been rough, right? I mean, COVID doesn't help anything at all either. Um, you know, and then you get a kick, you know, you just, you hear some bad news about this or that, or you go out to the field and the plane you love so much just got stuck in the top of the tree or crashed in the mm. smithereens or whatever. And you're just <laughs> like, ah, oh. and you're just crushed. Or you're like me and just threw the plane into the ground until it was a, a pulp, not intentionally, but like, I can't believe I just kept going because I knew it'll, it'll be fine. It'll, it'll, catch air and we'll have a good time. Uh, you know, there's been a couple of times where it's just like, wow, you know, either mad at myself or mad at the time I have available, just kind of frustrated with that whole thing. Um, but you know, there's also been times where when I come back from the field, like we're cut this stuff, you know, I, I kind of post the crash pictures and then I'd have somebody like, you'd call me and be like, yo man, that looks rough. <laughs> <laughs> gee thanks yeah no but you'd be laughing and be like but dude that looks that looks like it was awesome like what what happened you know we'd be talking and you know people uh on our discord server and EFT forums or wherever i post these kinds of things they'll be like dude that's awesome or like oh that that's a bummer man i'm sorry to hear but like i hope it was a lot of fun to watch you know whatever and if yeah. i'm lucky i had a video and they're all like that was the best video like you know you just kind of have to take joy out of the failure um, and you know, like we talked about, you can learn it from it as best you can, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's just crazy. I, I thought I was going to make it, but at the same point, I also knew that I've had, I've had moments along the way where I was going to hang it up. Like just, I mm. think I was done. I, maybe it's time to to make uh, an eBay, you know, post and just say all must go. Uh, you know, two hundred bucks to the best seller. Take it. Yeah. You know. And if if we didn't have each other, you know, to to encourage and just pat each other on the back, sometimes we're like, well, it happens. <laughs> yeah. <It's> okay, but <laughs> what so. you building next? <laughs> it's usually yeah. The, oh, what's next? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that motor's free. 
you don't need it in there anymore. What what are you gonna put it in? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or oh, it just needs a little tape and glue. <laughs> I've said that's, that to you so that's much more time. of you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's true though. Oh man. All right. So let's talk about our favorite episodes. What what is your favorite episode and why? Um I would probably have to say our flight boxes episode. Um because a lot of times and it's it's the nature of the topics that we cover at times. Like I don't end up having a whole lot to contribute. And in a lot of way then a lot of these you're teaching me as much as, you know, yeah, teaching our our listeners. Um but flight boxes because of what I was flying with, which was everything I was taking <laughs> to the field. Um it was like it was it ended up serving two two uh, uh purposes. One that, you know, I got to be a little I got to be more involved with that and I got to, you know, here here's you know how I'm downsized or here's what you should, you know. And it also so that that dynamic I think was there more in the main topic area as opposed to, you know, we talk mm-hmm. on the front end and then, you know, it's largely me absorbing. I got to to give on that one as well. Yeah. Um but it also served that I finally downsized my flight box and got it down to <laughs> the necessities. Uh, the difficult part of which has been upkeeping it as I mm. use stuff. Um, you know, I've ended up having to pull the batteries out and change the batteries in my transmitter since I put that box together. And now I don't have all my spare batteries. Okay. Um, so it's remembering to go and get, you know, to restock your box. And yeah. if you, if I don't stay on top of that, then, you know, I'm going to be without batteries at some point, but okay. that it's probably that one for, for those reasons. I mean, yeah. I almost said motors, uh, just because of the amount of research that was, went into it. I was going to say, why, why that episode? Oh, good love of God. <laughs> <laughs> that one was up there just because like I learned so much in the researching of it. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, me too. and then, I know you had to do some research as well. Man, yeah, that was a lot of research. I, I don't know. Those those two episodes were so... Uh, motors and ESCs were such a... They were difficult. Yeah. They were difficult for sure. But they, they were rewarding too because I feel like the research taught me something and I'm hoping that it, it that translated to teaching somebody who wanted to know more something that they could take away and, and use. So, mm-hmm. um, but, but that's not my favorite episode. I, I understand now why you chose motors. Um, but uh, I chose, box. yeah, well, you chose flight, but I'm saying that you even selected motors at all as a runner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I think I'm selecting mine for a very similar reason to the one uh, that you selected flight box. I'm choosing the fly episode or our, our 13th episode okay. um, for the very same reason, because I felt that we, one, we had a lot of fun putting it together. Um, we were kind of thinking about ways we could, we could make it something special and something interesting. There's a lot of humility and like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. And oh my gosh. And, you know, we had a lot mm-hmm. of uh, community involvement, a lot of listener um, kind of chime-ins, which was awesome. 
Um, we just had a lot of fun and we had a lot of back and forth and it was just a, it was a good time to put together. And I think that's part of the reason why that's my favorite. It's the same thing. That dynamic, um, was able to kind of come through on episode 13. Yeah. And, and I like that too, very much. So good. Well, let me pose three quick questions to each of us. I say quick, cause I know we can, we can run for a while, especially with these. Um, but I'll ask you, and then once you're done, mm. yeah, I'll go through mine. But what was your uh, what was your top moment or favorite moment of the last year? What was your worst? And then what's one thing you want to do next year or this year, 2021? When we had our build nights, um, and I think it might have been the first one with the Hangar RC, and we had people from all over the place. We had people from Australia and in Europe. And I think a yeah. had stopped in or something who's in uh, Israel. And then we had people from all over the United States and Canada. And it was just this really fun conversation that we all were just having about this hobby that we love and that we were able like it was to me a highlight for the podcast and for us to be able to kind of, I don't know, be an instrument for making mm -hmm. that kind of thing happen. Um, it, it really made me excited for it and for what we were doing. And, you know, it, it's one of the things I really love about, yeah, about what we're doing here is that is pulling people together, um, in our love for our okay. Um, one of my words what about you what was one of your top moments or what was one of your top moment this year probably probably the maidens you know the various craft and honestly probably the fogey the first time he got into the air you know was because you yeah. had recorded some video of that and it was just like man she's really up there she's flying not like that the 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 moment of finally <laughs> having the success um like a plane in the air under your control yeah. for a while. <laughs> yeah. Cause like while, while the Delta, uh, had some success, um, yeah, it, and it did mm -hmm. a little bit, but it, I ended up putting it in a puddle. So, so it was gone and I never, I never had a, like a ton of success with it, but, and then the glider technically had some success, but not really. Cause I shouldn't have flown it that day. You know, it was just, that was the first time that it was good, solid, I'm flying, I got this, and then proceeded to yeah. botch the landing and bust the prop, but that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> oh, don't, don't beat yourself up about that. Look, you're, you're flying tiny wheels in a, not clumpy grass field, but it was an overgrown grass field. You, This was when, let's say, nobody had mowed that and... For a while, yeah. the grass was pretty tall. Don't beat yourself up. Um, yeah, I was going to say that, that it sounds to me like that first time that it wasn't flying by the seat of your pants, but truly controlling the aircraft in the way you wanted yeah. and not feeling out of control with it. We're at the edge of, <laughs> oh my God, this is going to crash. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that would be a good moment to choose for sure. Um, I remember that. That's a good moment. Um, so what would you say would be your worst? 
uh, probably when I crashed the Spitfire bad the first time. Uh, and it crashed into the fence and broke in half. And it wasn't even that. It was, um, it was the, yeah, it was the terror of where it went down. Because I had lost it over a neighborhood and didn't realize until it dipped, dipped behind the trees after I lost signal that I realized, oh no. Um, that was a really, that was a really bad day, uh, from that point forward. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, that, that's probably the worst so far. What about yours? I can say that one of the worst, there's been a couple times where I've wanted to quit <laughs> after, after having uh, a crash that just kind of devastated me. Um, but thankfully none of them are coming to mind in great detail. Probably the, the one that comes to mind is the Spitfire getting hung up in the tree because mm. It was a couple things. I was buddy boxing with my youngest. Um, it was such a great flying plane, and here it is stuck up on this tree. And uh, I was just so down in the dumps about, like, but that was a good flying plane, and we were able to just fly as a family and all this stuff. And, like, I, I felt like all those hopes and dreams were dashed in a matter of minutes. <laughs> and it was all my fault because I wasn't even, like, oh, shoot, I should have grabbed control of that a lot sooner. And I'm like, oh, no, I let my son down. I let myself down. And, you know, and now not only that, but we're not able to even have any more fun. You know, oh, that was the yeah. worst. Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty low moment. That was one of the worst. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I know okay. there's more, but that's okay. That That one qualifies pretty well. <laughs> Well, what is then is the one thing you want to do next year? Boy, oh boy, that's a tough one. Um, let's see, it's a whole year. So I'm thinking I want to build out a balsa. It's time for me to do something new. Okay. Um, I'm thinking I'm probably going to get out the Turbinator and build that. Or, ooh, the Lanes Planes Cuda. That is going to be a very fast pile of sticks. <laughs> I feel like the goblin gave me some confidence in how I can expect that plane to fly. And okay. it's such a good looking craft and there's going to be a whole lot of new, um, new methods, uh, a new look, a new way of building. Uh, I'm kind of excited to get to it and feeling I'm at that point where I think I can start doing that and, and get into it. Um, so I would have to say balsa building, although boy, oh boy, I would love to get um, the spruce goose in the air flying the way it's supposed to fly. All eight mm -hmm. motors in full control and having a good old time with it. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah. I feel like that one's going to be a release. That's going to happen soon. And the balsa build's probably like a further out like goal. So I'm going to go with the, mm. the balsa. How about okay. you? Um, I want to get my Turnigy and my Radio Master communicating and teach my dad to fly. He's yeah. expressed interest in doing it. And like, I know, okay, that's like a year to, to, you know, give myself that window, but you know, 
there there's going to be some learning that occurs and ultimately if he learns it and you know has fun with it like my mom may come out maybe i'll get my sister out like mm-hmm. that that's sort of a whole package in my mind it's like getting getting all of them to be able to come out and fly mm-hmm. and fly without me once i figure out how buddy boxing ultimately <laughs> works without you know like i'll still be there you know on the buddy box for a lot of it but you know let them fly and have fun with it and i could see potentially not having to have them on the buddy box mm-hmm. and that like- would be it's a, it's a lofty one. goal, but that'd be fun. Uh, you know, I think that's that's pretty fair. I, you know, I haven't even thought about it, but that's that is definitely uh, one of the goals I have for next year too, is to share that love that I have this hobby with my family. I would mm-hmm. love to get my to have my children be proficient enough with flying, so that I'm not on the body box. You're flying with them. I can fly with them. And that we could be yeah. doing dog fights and all that kind of stuff. Cause they really they seem to enjoy it, but I think they'll enjoy it more when we're all doing it together. And we're like, Did you see mm-hmm. that? You know, and kind of doing a bunch of that kind of thing. So yeah. Yeah, I love it. I, I want to see that for you next year for sure. Okay. Well, Working on coming towards the end of all this, we had sent out the call for if anybody had questions they wanted to ask us in relation to this episode, and we did get a couple. Um, Chris, I think, uh, asked us in Discord. Ask you, yeah, in Discord. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, he had asked. He says, "Where do we see ourselves in the hobby about a year from now?" And with, and then as a follow up, will we transition? from foam board to other mediums or will we likely to be staying with foam board? Um, I, I'll go ahead and go first. And then okay. like, I know you answered part of that, but, uh, the, will I transition from foam board to another medium? I want to eventually probably not this year. Okay. Um, you know, maybe once you get into it and get feeling confident, then yeah, but probably not for me this year. Um, okay. where do I see myself in the hobby in a year? I'd like to have four or five planes hanging from my ceiling that oh. I could grab two or three at any given moment and pull them down and throw them in the back of the car, and go flying. Nice. I like now, that. And, and it's kind of an easy goal there, but I mean, as often as we kind of crash and tear them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But be, to, so to, to do that, you have to be confident enough with your flying and your skills at building that as long as you're not doing too much hot dog maneuvers, or at least you're doing them smartly, which is, you mm-hmm. know, w- way up uh, far enough up in the air that you can recover um, and that you can bring home your thing and, or repair it um, between flying sessions. Um, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good goal. It just says, you know, I'm going to have four planes that I can rely upon. And you know what, for the last about two, three months. I feel like I've had that with that triumvirate, the the goblin, the F seven, F Tiger Cat, and the Spitfire. You know, yeah. like I've been able to pull those out and just go flying with them uh at almost any point in the last year. Now don't be wrong, I've crashed them and I've had to repair them and, and this and that, but they've always kind of been there to just go grab and go, which has been mm-hmm. really, really awesome, honestly. 
So I think that's that's a great goal to have. Uh, I like it. Uh, where do I see myself in the hobby for next year? Probably building some balsa, and likely if I'm doing balsa, I'm probably going to start doing stuff where I'm doing fiberglassing, which may include carbon fiber fiberglassing, okay. which will bring in a whole new different level. So we'll see, but I'm certain I am not going to stop using foam board. Like I love the ease of which you can turn an idea into a flying reality uh, with foam board. It just is so, so quick and easy. So I will likely be still deep in that. I'll just likely take the things I really like and turn them into those high end. I'll call it high end, but like the fiberglass balsa, you know, uh, kind of higher end production models. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I guess that kind of answers both questions, right? Yeah. Good. So Jesse also, uh, sent in a question <laughs> and I'm just going to put this one to you. <laughs> Let you... <laughs> okay. I, I might have but an answer. He says, if I have a, uh, De Havilland Beaver flying north at 85 knots with a 24 degree, 10 mile an hour crosswind, and a Piper J3 Cub flying south at 65 kilometers an hour with two Huskies as passengers, and they pass each other precisely at the autumnal equinox. How many math students' brains just stopped working? Uh, well, it depends. Like, so the equinox, the autumnal equinox was September 22nd, 2020. I'm pretty sure that was a waning moon. Um, okay. But the answer is really easy. It's all but one because probably only one of those was an RC enthusiast. And they don't really care. They just want to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, no, um, that, was a, that was a fun question. Thanks. Yeah. And then Neil also wrote in uh, with a couple questions. Uh, he asked, what inspired you to get into the RC aviation rather than any other hobby? I think it's because I'd always seen it and couldn't afford to do it uh, at the time as a kid. I mean, didn't have enough money for it. And finding a way to do it affordably finally made it accessible. So I think it's something I've always wanted to do. Is it just look like is it, you were not that you were doing the impossible but you were doing something incredibly challenging and mm -hmm. it's like, okay, this is even possible. Like anybody could try this. This is great. Um, yeah. I mean, we all have other hobbies too, but I think it's the challenge of the whole thing and the almost not the danger, but the, the failure is, is inherently destructive which makes the success even more sweet. Yeah. For me, there's always been an enjoyment of airplanes and flying because I've been able to fly as passengers, uh, as a passenger. And then um, I've been able to fly hands on hands on the control a couple times. So there's always been, there's that enjoyment that comes from that. And then when you got into it and you start showing me like, Hey, look at this, look at this thing I'm doing. And you, you're taking me out with you, uh, to show me. And you were 
talking about and they were talking about went to your place like you had planes everywhere and you were constantly more tinkering and, more. and <laughs> <laughs> so then you ended up you know hey joe i found this kit no like, yeah let's let's do it um yeah yeah that was i mean there's nothing profound on that just no, had the aviation. opportunity and yeah kicks butt uh, <laughs> aviation yeah. kicks butt i don't know <laughs> Is there any other reason? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, Neil also asks, what objective do you hope to achieve in RC flying? Oh, that's a good one. I want to be, I want to be confident in what I'm flying. And being confident in flying nearly any style. So 3D or glider or whatever. Mm-hmm. What about you? I I just want to be able to go flying regular and have planes that I'm comfortable flying and go out and have a good time with it. Largely, probably more scale flying. I don't know that I have a huge interest in getting into the crazy flying. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't know that I've really got the knack for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't um, know that I do either. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, his final question, do you have a favorite type of plane you prefer to fly? Uh, gliders, fast jets, warbirds, trainers, scale planes, etc. Okay. Um, I think I'm either fast planes or gliders. As odd as that is. I enjoy... There's two separate the, ends of that spectrum. It is. I enjoy the seat of, seat of the pants flying. <laughs> where it feels like any any moment something might go terribly wrong and that might be it'll it'll be in the dirt um mm -hmm. but at the same point i also really enjoy just being able to take one maybe two batteries be out flying for hours and just relaxing because there's, there's very little that's terribly stressful uh, with yeah. running and it's it is a challenge there's a there's a subtle it's a subtle challenge um with that and I, I think i enjoy that aspect too so what about you joe um i've only got a small selection of planes to really pull from so far but so far uh i've been enjoying the the trainer style and the warbirds mm -hmm. that's about what i've got right now i enjoy the way both of them fly um and there's two dynamics there yeah yeah, I, I can feel that because you know some days you want to fly one way. You're you're up for the more dangerous flying, and there's other days you just want to hang out in the air. That's right, and both of them will do it. <laughs> nice. So, as part of that call out to uh, you know for stuff for us to talk about this episode, uh, the Hager RC, I think in a bit of you did it to me, do it to you guys. Um, <laughs> encouraged us to ask each other our our own lightning round type questions. Nice. So, Matthew, lightning round time. Okay, okay, wait. <clears throat> All right, I'm ready. All right. Sit or stand? Stand. Pinch or thumb? Hybrid. Okay. T16 or radio link? Oh, T16. Micro, park, or giant scale? 
Probably giant scale. They fly better. Do you have any giant scale? I've got big stuff. Maybe not giant scale. Okay. I'm working on okay. it. Okay. Uh, FT Goblin, Spitfire, or Tiger? Oh, that's such a hard one. That's so mean. Um, I think Spitfire. Yeah, Spitfire. Okay. Snow, water, pavement, or tall grass? Mm, all the pavement that I fly off of tends to have a big fence at the end of it. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I wish I had more tall grass because I tend to maiden a lot of planes. So I'm going to say tall grass, even though I can't seem to find anybody, any of them that have a good flying zone. But I would go for tall grass. Okay. Bacon or sausage? Sausage. Grits or cream of wheat? Oh, man, I'm from the north. That's cream of wheat. Build or fly? Build. Carolinas or North Carolina? North Carolina. Okay. Uh, three cell or four cell? Four cell? You go faster. Foam, balsa, or other material? Right now, I'm going to go with foam. Floyd or Led Zeppelin? Uh, Floyd. Okay. Landing gear or belly land? Um, if this were six months ago, I would have said belly land for sure. Now I'm saying landing gear. Okay. Creamy or chunky? Chunky. There's only one way. And does it change if you add marshmallow fluff? Oh, no, wait. No, it stays the same. Okay. It stays the same. Yeah. Jif or Peter Pan? Jif. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, so let's get back into the lightning round with Joe. Okay, Joe, you ready? All right, let's do it. Sit or stand? Uh, stand. Pinch your thumb? Normally thumb working on pinch. Radio master? Or 9X? Uh, I assume you're talking about the Turnigy. Your Turnigy 9X, uh, yeah. I have not flown the Radio Master yet, so Turnigy. Micro, park, or giant scale? Park's the only thing I've flown. Fogey or Spitfire? Hmm. Spitfire. Snow, water, pavement, or tall grass? Tall grass, so long as it's dry. Hmm. Bacon or sausage? Fat back. Ooh. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, going off script. Oh, okay, gray grits or cream of wheat? Grits, I'm from the south. Fair enough. It's only self-respecting southern gentlemen uh, would choose That's grits. right. Build or fly? Fly. Carolinas or South Carolina? South Carolina. All right. Glad to know we agree we're separate. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Three cell or four cell? Um, that one's tough. Yeah, a lot harder than I thought, too. Yeah. What, what's your first instinct? Uh, four cell, just because I like how the Spitfire flies better with it. Oh, yeah, it does. Foam, balsa, or other? 
foam's all I built with. Uh, Iron Maiden or ACDC? ACDC. Landing gear or belly land? Belly land. I have not had a functional piece of landing gear yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the exact reason why my answer would have been different six months ago. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Creamy or chunky? Creamy. Does it change if you put marshmallows in it? With it? I don't put marshmallows in it, period. No fluff, huh? No fluff. Okay, Peter Pan or, or Jif? It's peanut butter. Good answers. It's, well it's done. peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Good. Well, I guess um, that's that's the looking back. That's the lightning round. Let's um, do... You, Want to take a minute to kind of talk about what we plan to do coming forward here in this next year? Yeah, let's do that. All right. Well, I think we had talked about, um, we've spent this last year kind of going through the uh, all the critical parts and pieces of the airplane. Right? Mm-hmm. Of a and we still have one more part to go. Yeah, we, we have a little bit to go, and we can, and every one of those, of course, we can probably delve uh, into the minutia if we care to, and we may, um, but that's not our plan for this coming year. I think we're going to shift. Uh, how are we going to shift our format? I know we were talking about it. Uh, do you remember? And I think this is part of it is because um, up until now, this has kind of been the, I'll call it the, the mentor-student relationship. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things I think you and I both enjoy, especially considering our favorite episodes, is being able to have the dynamic of the back and forth. And yeah. part of that's one of the reasons why we want to shift our focus. Uh, what are we going to shift our focus to? Well, we had talked, what, two, three weeks ago, sort of where we were going to be going. And mm-hmm. one of the things on your original episode concept list was getting into the different types of planes. Mm-hmm. And so what we're what we're thinking about right now is still continuing to you know talk about our flight stories and such and then moving the main topics more towards um individual aircraft, say take Spitfire for an example and talk about its development, its purpose as an actual aircraft. Uh what its role was intended to be uh, the purpose it served and sort of maybe get into the, the, des- the designs that went into it, uh, the era it was in and all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. That's, that's going to be a lot of things we're going to be learning. I think maybe yeah. not for you. <laughs> uh, no, uh, there's, I only know a little bit about some of, some of them. So yeah, we'll, um, I think it's going to be a, a lot of research on both our parts as we yeah. head into, because I kind of imagine the way we'll handle is like, we'll, we'll either hand off or just one of us primarily is talking about the craft that we decide to. And then, you know, mm-hmm. another episode, the other guy is talking uh, about right. an aircraft they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. So we're, yeah. So we're probably going to have um, just like, we'll talk about an aircraft type. And I, we'll see if we can't bring that together with us building one of those kind of aircraft that we can talk about while we talk about the history of a mm-hmm. couple of those types of aircraft. 
and then we'll switch to the next type of aircraft. With that, we'll probably put together a build and, you know, with any luck, we'll fly. And then we'll also talk about the histories in those coming episodes. Uh, and we'll kind of roll through the major types of aircraft um, and give examples and talk about that kind of stuff. And I hope that that's going to be interesting uh, to our listeners. I know there are a lot of people who are far bigger history buffs than I've ever thought about being. Um, so for those of you who are going to be yelling at your podcast earbuds at us, <laughs> as we as we do our best to kind of put together um, meaningful uh, information about the craft that we love flying. Um, uh, just, you know, please give us a little bit of forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. Um, and, and, you know, as we present the material, we are not professional history buffs. Um, but I think we both learned that, I guess, understanding the background of the craft that we fly enriches the experience that we have as we zoom it around the park or, or in the field. Uh, as we have a lot of fun flying it remotely. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's, I think that's the, the bulk of what we're going to do. And we'll kind of, in the midst of it, if uh, new ideas or, or things kind of pop up, we'll definitely be putting it in the midst of it. Um, and if there is something you'd like to see um, that you think we sh you'd like to see us cover, let us know. Reach out to us. All right. And I think that uh, brings us what, around to our announcements. Yeah. Um, so I talked to you and, you know, we talked about it a little bit and we're not going anywhere, but, um, yeah, I've got, I've got some things coming up that, um, are going to need some time. So Matthew, we talked and we're going to take one episode cycle off. Mm. Um, yeah, so two weeks from now when the next episode would launch there, there won't be one. Um, we'll be back for the episode after that. And that's a little bit of downtime, some time to get some other things done and just to recharge a little bit. Um, yeah. but in that time period, uh, we've got a few build nights planned. So Matthew, you've got two builduary build nights, uh, planned and I say nights one of them's in the daytime you're planning on February 6th uh, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and then again on February 27th 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and That's then right. we'll be doing our uh, regular hangout and build uh, build party on February 19th uh, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time that's it yeah um, and a lot of that has to do with Builderary is um, that's, a, that's a lot of planes to put together and get ready to fly <laughs> and fly and film and post and write and et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think when you mentioned, you know, okay, well, we're not going to, we'll, we'll take, how do you feel about taking a break? I wasn't ready to jump on it, but I also realized with scouts, I put together a whole, um, getting the scouts to put together foam board airplanes and that takes a bunch of prep. So between build Rory and that, and you know, other parts of life that are going on, I thought, you know, maybe that may be right. 
<laughs> Let, let's take a quick break. <laughs> but but in the meantime, come out to any one of those or all, please, uh, of these build nights and join us. And we'll talk about the hobby and we'll all be building something and we can just talk about what's been going on in the last couple of months. So you don't have to miss us if you come out and uh, visit us at one of these build nights. Um, we'll be there and looking out for you. Um, otherwise, uh, we'll see you in a month from now. So real quick for the, the final little bit here, Matthew, what do you have going on on your workbench? Uh, most of the stuff is the build worry projects. So I talked about um, designing the flying car, so I'll be putting that together. Um, Griff Flyer, who's in our forums, has put together a really neat, 50 millimeter EDF that's an F22. It looks stunning. Um, and I have a 50 millimeter uh, EDF ready to be put in something. So I'm going to go build that as part of the build jewelry. And then I have um, two of those kits that I was talking about earlier. So those will be on my workbench. Um, anything you, you're you going to be adding in this last month that we're going to bring to build jewelry, Joe? Yeah. I've I've got um, the Corsair that I'm still working on. That's right. Yeah. And I've still got to get the Radio Master and my Turnigy communicating um, so nice. that I, I can take those out buddy boxing. Perfect. So. Good. All right. All right. I, I think that's it. All right. If you've got nothing else then. Uh, just a uh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> happy anniversary. Well, for any of those that want to join in on any of the build nights, a Discord invite link will be in the description. And we'll look forward to seeing y'all. And we'll see you guys soon. See you then. 